Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Barely Bookish Podcast. Uh, today, we are talking even more about The Great Gatsby. Uh, we will be jumping right into chapter six, so I just wanted to pop in right here at the beginning and thank Jessica for joining us once again on this episode. Um, I just, as I said last time, Great Gatsby is really giving me all the summer vibes. So if you're a mood reader, like, let me know what your summer go-to book is and why it's a great Gatsby. I'm just kidding. Unless you're, it is a great Gatsby. And then like, talk to me about it because I feel like this one's kind of perfect. Maybe it's the fact that they do talk so much about like how hot it is. Um, and maybe it's the 74 version where all of the actors sweat the entire time throughout the entire movie. Maybe, um, whatever it is, whatever reason that you pick a mood read, let me know. Because I think I find mood reading kind of fascinating because I've never been a big mood reader, like reader by the seasons. But I did read Fable and it put me in such a summer mood. If you haven't read that one yet, I highly recommend it. I really liked it. It's gave me like those good uh, pirate ship fantasies. I haven't really read a whole lot of... Actually, I don't think I've read any pirate ship books before. So that was kind of fun. I don't know. I guess technically they're not pirates, but it gave me like that kind of vibe. But yeah, give me some fun recommendations. I don't know when I'll get to them because my TBR is longer than um, a thing that's long. I don't know. I, I thought I would come up with a metaphor. Metaphor? I think that's right. I thought I'd come up with a metaphor by the end of that. Um, and it didn't happen quickly enough. Whatever. I hope you guys enjoy this episode of The Great Gatsby and this beautiful cold open that wasn't was supposed to be a little bit better, but you know, it happens. It's all good, all good. Um, we will be talking about uh, Lost in Austin soon um, over on Patreon. So the first Friday of next month, we will have that episode up. So if you are interested in getting some exclusive episodes, please check over out the Patreon.com/barelybookish. Also, we have merch. So if you haven't checked out our merch store, um, please do so. If you go to barelybookish.com slash connect, it has links to literally every single thing that you could possibly need relating to this podcast and all of my platforms and all of that fun, good stuff. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this episode of The Great Gatsby. So then we are on to chapter six and a reporter has arrived at Gatsby door, Gatsby's door and asked if he has a statement, but he wasn't able to, uh, to provide any context at all about what the statement's about. And Gatsby's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, I'm just imagining he has like camera in one hand, microphone in another. And he's like, do you have anything to say? And Gatsby's just like in his pajamas. It's like probably like 6 a.m. Co one coffee mug in one hand. And it's like, about what? And the guy's like, do you have anything to say? And he's like, no. <laughs> That's how I'm imagining that interaction goes. And then he just closes the door and walks away going, yeah. what the hell just happened? Very much a celebrity moment. I'm sure there's 
so many celebrities who have had that happen to them. And now we're imagining that uh, the paparazzi scene where like, they're like, good morning, Kanye. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is when we got to the point where I had to text you to figure out who I was thinking about. Yeah, because suddenly Nick digresses and says, actually, <laughs> actually, Gatsby is not Jay Gatsby. He's really James Gats. And he told me all this stuff about him, but he didn't tell this to the reporter. Yeah, but I thought we were getting the reporter's life story. So I was very confused. And I had to ask you and text you and be like, so um, is this Gatsby or is this? You know, so this is going to be very clear when I read out exactly what my notes say, and then you'll understand the point where I got confused. So I said, the reporter's name is James Gatz. This is false. Apparently, this reporter has seen Gatsby before when Gatsby rose out, rode out to inform Dan Cody that the yacht would be ripped apart if he didn't move it. And I was like, this reporter must be so jealous of Gatsby that like this was Gatsby's claim to fame, okay? And then the next note is, wait, is James Gatz a reporter or is it Gatsby's backstory? And then I texted you. And then the next note is, okay, so actually James Gatz is Jay Gatsby and invented him because his parents were unsuccessful farmers. There you go. We finally find out who Gatsby is. Dun, dun, dun. I know. And of course, Nick is like, he told me this much later, but I've put it down here so you can understand that these wild rumors are not true. Yeah, he's like, before we continue on... Let's let me just uh, fill you in on a little information that's pretty important to the understanding of this character. Here you go. And okay, moving on from that. I love like the summary of things this author does because he like gives backstories at very random times where they wouldn't like because usually when you get a backstory from a character, it's either at the very beginning or like when the character's introduced or when another character tells the life story to sure. their other character. So I just think it's funny because it's like you would think that they're having this conversation of the backstory, but he's like, no, I was told this backstory, but like, I'm going to put it in right here. Okay, there you go. Like, actually, it's a little bit later in the story that I'm telling that I get told this, but just so you're not wondering as you read this entire thing, here you go. It's a little early, but here we are. And my favorite thing is too, is when he makes a note when Gatsby actually tells him the backstory, he's like, oh, this is where I found out his history, but like, uh-huh. that I told uh-huh. you about two chapters ago. Oh, spoiler alert, that's coming in the future. Yeah. <laughs> so, what happened was, James actually rode out to the boat, and Cody took Gatsby with him to the West Indies. And the weird arrangement, arrangement in which Gatsby, uh, sorry, they had a weird arrangement in which Gatsby did odd jobs for Cody for the last five years. And the reason it ended is because Ella Kay came on board and a week later, Cody mysteriously died. <laughs> so basically, this girl named Ella murdered Cody. And it's like yeah. a well-known secret. Yeah. And then Gats... That's implied, definitely. Yeah. They're like, this would have gone on indefinitely. Unless he mysteriously... Except he mysteriously died, so... uh so Gatsby was supposed to get $25,000 from Cody when he died, but somehow Ella K blocked that from him ever getting it. Dun, dun, dun. And which is when he was like, well, the only thing I have to turn to now is crime. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like he didn't, 
you know, he says basically the story that he owes it all to Cody and really he doesn't owe the money to Cody because he didn't get that. But what he owes is this learning how to live in this life and learning how to be this new person and getting himself in these circles and making these acquaintances. So, yeah, even though he never got the money, he still got quite a lot from that experience. The singularly appropriate education. Yeah. Cause I feel like Cody basically trusted him with everything. So like he was, Cody was his first ever like rich friend and he's like, Oh, I could do this. Like I could be friends with all these well-known people. Like I have the ability. I just need to take it. I myself could be the rich friend. Yeah. <laughs> Gatsby's like, Hmm, I could do this. I could live this life. I could have a yacht. Sure. So now we're back to the present and Nick went over to Gatsby's and Tom is there for some reason with some man named Salone and an unnamed woman. So the woman's like inviting them over to dinner at her place and Salone's like, no, don't invite Gatsby. And Gatsby's like standing right there and he's like, okay. (laughs) And yeah, that whole, I'm sorry, that whole exchange is so strange. Yeah. I know. I was like, why Why did they not want Gatsby to go? I don't know. It's like, I feel like that is an example of these people randomly showing that they really don't, they really don't care about the substance. They just care about the illusion. Mm-hmm. So the illusion is that they would introduce, they would invite him to go to dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, so the illusion is that they would invite him to go to dinner, but the actuality is that they have no interest in him actually joining them for dinner they just are trying to be polite because that's what they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. but then in the end they don't even care that much about that because now they're like i'm gonna run away before he can actually make good on this and follow us um again it was another one of those moments that felt very middle school where Mm -hmm. it's like all your friends are like oh yeah we'll wait up for you by the ferris wheel and then you like walk over to the ferris wheel and everyone's gone and they're like oh we like accidentally went to the next place and you're just like okay when you think of poor gatsby i don't say poor gatsby but you know you think of him as this character who he just he really wants to be accepted he really wants to be part of it and he makes it his business that nobody in his presence will ever feel bad at all or feel inconvenienced at Mm -hmm. all and then people really don't even want to hang out with him. Yeah. His literal only friend is Nick yeah. <laughs> at this point. I mean, he has people that he pays money to that are employed by him mm-hmm. or people that he does dealings with. And he has Nick. That's all we've really seen of anybody who knows anything about him, who seems to care about knowing anything about him, who wants to hang out with him other than just for the fact that he has a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So it just surely shows the shallow nature of his his acquaintances. Yeah. I also think it's like, it's just so strange to me that, like, they've just decided to hate him for no reason. Mm-hmm. I do kind of feel bad for guys. He's, like, one of the only good people in this, not, like, good, but, like, one of the only people in this book that use their money well and like while he is like frivolous with money he also makes sure that like everyone has everything they could possibly need 
So, like, if that girl's dress gets torn, he sends her a new dress. And, you know, if anyone wants anything, he will provide it. If Nick wants to go to dinner with him, he's not going to be like, oh, you know, you bought this. You have to pay for it. He's like, I will buy you 18 cheeseburgers if that is your request, you know. (laughs) Well, he's trying to use his wealth to make himself be invaluable, make himself be a member of this world that he's not really a member of mm-hmm. right i mean he's he's made himself a member of it but in actuality you know he's not old money he doesn't have this is all just smoke and mirrors as we've seen as uh illusions throughout this mm-hmm. the story um those images have been seen already but um so he he is he's using his money to give things to other people that he assumes that they would want or to um, have them have a good time that he feels like they would enjoy because it doesn't seem like he's enjoying this stuff. It doesn't seem like that really means anything to him. It's all about like, how does he look? Mm-hmm. Which again is for the grander scope of how's he going to look to Daisy when yeah. she's, when he finally is able to get her to see him. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that they hate him. I think it's just that at least these three people at this exact moment, I don't know if they really hate him, but I think it def- it definitely gives the vibe of they don't necessarily like him. They yeah. don't necessarily care to develop a friendship with him or have him come over and they'd have to actually get to know him and actually mm-hmm. talk to him. Um, they prefer the spectacle of like seeing his big house and maybe getting some, you know, some refreshments from him or coming to his party, but uh, they don't really need yeah. him to join their circle. I think it's another one of those things where it's like old money versus new money. And all three of them are, seem to be old money and mm-hmm. Gatsby's obviously new money. Uh-huh. So it's like, they kind of look down on him for being new money because they didn't have to pick themselves up by the bootstraps. They for were sure. given, you know, golden bootstraps. For sure. So that all happens. And Tom is being, like, super shady about Gatsby as Gatsby goes inside to, like, get his car keys. And because also Gatsby doesn't have a horse. The three of them came over, walked on his property on horseback for some reason. (laughs) And then we're like, hey, you want to come to dinner? And he's like, yeah, but I don't have a horse. And they're like, hmm. (laughs) How dare you not have a horse? I know. That's a little strange. What do you mean you don't have a horse? And he's like, I can take my car. And they're like, uh, hmm. You call call yourself suitable for our society. You don't even have a horse. How dare you? What do you do with your stable boy? (laughs) How dare you? Yeah. And then they're just like, they're all like, we're going to be late. We have to leave. And they all like try to immediately leave. And Gatsby walks outside at the same moment. He's like, Okay. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, where'd they all go? <laughs> <laughs> they're like all trotting away and they're like at the edge of his property line and they like look back, see him walking out and they're like, get up. <laughs> I imagine him coming out with like, you know, like a person hand. Where'd everybody go? <laughs> and this is also at this point, um, Gatsby says that he knows Daisy and I'm like, Gatsby, why would you say that? And oh, then gosh. Tom's like, Women run around too much these days to suit me. That's the exact quote. I was like, women run around too much, Tom. You're like, oh, really, Tom? Tell us about running around, please. We'd like to add something to our list. 
You and your six mistresses obviously aren't really talking much right now, huh? Well, I mean, all those women were running around, right? He yeah. just happened to run into them while they were running yeah. around. Literally, and he's like, oh, I can cheat on my wife. My wife even breathes near a man and bleh. even knows the name of one. I know. And Tom's just shaking his wee boots. <laughs> so then there's another party that Saturday and Tom comes with Daisy. Because I basically think he wanted to like see what's going on, scope out the situation. And Gatsby leaves the two of them like, leads the two of them and Nick all around the party and introduces them to people. And he introduces Tom as a polo player. <laughs> and Tom's, like, super mad about this and keeps bringing it up. He's like, I'm not a polo player. But, like, it sticks really well, so everyone just calls him the polo player the entire <laughs> night. I think Tom's the kind of guy who's used to being known as Tom Buchanan. Yeah. And so the fact that he's got some stupid nickname, regardless of if he played polo or not, just he he doesn't like that and it's some stupid nickname that people are kind of giggling at mm-hmm. um he he doesn't strike me as somebody who's gonna think that that's that's great <laughs> especially because that's like ego football super well known like a bros bros man's man sport and then he's like you know uh the polo player and i feel like he in his head probably thinks that's like a downgrade too <laughs> yeah. so daisy and gatsy have like 30 minutes of quote alone time unquote at uh, at Nick's house and Nick has to keep watch outside for any fire flood or acts of God so ridiculous (laughs) so ridiculous yeah like is there a sign where they like okay if you see Tom hoot like an owl (laughs) what (laughs) I know like is he supposed to be like uh, sitting outside you know as today we would be like playing on our phone he looks up sees tom and he goes oh hey tom how are you doing today tom you wonderful soul like is he supposed to just like start talking super loud and then like gatsby has to pull up his pants and come outside like how, what's the sign yeah it's just really random and like i mean here's this man who's almost 30 because he turns 30 and a couple more pages and his whole job is to keep an eye on his filthy rich neighbor and <laughs> filthy rich cousin while they do god knows what well, in front of his home banging, like right. in his house that he pays 80 bucks a month for for sure in the shack uh-huh. <laughs> how did i get you can just imagine him being like i'm not sure how i got involved in this but here i am i know as he like scores in the back he has to go home and like put his sheets in the laundry so he can go to bed then <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, we all know. I didn't want to take it that far, but okay, Rachel. I just, <laughs> I feel so bad for Nick because they keep making his situation in life worse and worse and worse. They are definitely, uh, they they are definitely not making it easy for him. He, he doesn't have a lot of plausible deniability if anyone comes asking him questions. You know, it's just, it's funny to me because it's just like he can't catch a break at all. So Daisy's not having a great time at this party and she just like, isn't enjoying being around all these rich people, which like, I really don't understand why she wasn't having a good time. Yeah. Because it seems like this would be the kind of party that she would enjoy, which is why I think, you know, 
Fitzgerald implies that's why Gatsby created this life because that's what he thought she would like and enjoy but it turns out that's not the case yeah I also think she kind of wanted just to have an alone night with Gatsby but like obviously that can't happen so she's just kind of like salty about the entire event that she would have enjoyed anyways you know Mm -hmm. oh for sure so Tom, as they're leaving, is like immediately defacing Gatsby's character. And he's like, he intends to figure out who he is and what he does. And Daisy's like, he owned drugstores and built himself up. And Tom's like, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah, Tom's like, I was an invited guest in this man's home and now I shall ruin him. <laughs> I know. I'm like, okay, Tom, like random, but you know, go off, I guess. So Gatsby asks Nick to wait for him to be free, and Nick does, and then he comes down and says that he can tell Daisy didn't enjoy it, and Nick's like, oh, I'm sure she did. He's like, no, she had a terrible time. Well, he also didn't ask her if she had a terrible time or not. He just decides that that is what she had. She had a terrible time. He's decided. Yeah. And he's not going to change his entire game plan based on that knowledge or that decision. (laughs) He's just like, all right, parties are canceled for out now and ever. Uh, never doing that again. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> so Gatsby is acting like an absolute madman and says he's going to fix everything just the way it was before. And Nick's like, what are you going to do? Like, what's right. happening? And right. Gatsby's like, you'll see. <laughs> and then all of this is because five years before he kissed Daisy and was like, I'm going to marry her. She's the one. Yeah, he's been holding on to that one kiss five years ago quite a lot. Um, Really, they should believe there might be a little bit more than just that one kiss, but he certainly has staked a lot of decisions he's made in his entire life on the feeling that the only way he can possibly enjoy the rest of his life is if he makes this woman his, quote unquote, which is, I don't know. Gross. Yeah, I mean, some people (laughs) might think it's romantic, but it's definitely like, okay, dude. Wow, that's a lot. Um, I do not think possessiveness is romantics. Anytime's like she's mine, I'm like, Bleh. yeah, yeah, no, no, not it's no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That doesn't play well with modern sensibilities at all. No. It ain't the one. This ain't it. Um, but nope. I have a theory later on when they like talk more about this kid's situation, and I will get there when we get to it. But We're not there yet, so when we get to it, I will talk about it. Chapter (laughs) 7. So, one Saturday, there is no party. All the lights are off. My favorite thing is, is the difference between when there's a party and when there isn't a party is no lights. So, he just turns all the lights off in his home. So, like, he has to be sitting in the dark. (laughs) So, it kind of reminds me of on Halloween where, like, you don't have candy. And so, you just turn off all your lights and you hide in your living room. You're like, shh, shh. Don't no, no, they're gonna hear us, they're gonna know we're inside. We live in this, here. I swear we in this neighborhood here. that we just moved into right before Halloween started. And I was like, Oh, I don't think there's gonna be any like trick-or-treaters because it's kind of like an older community. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm sitting in my house making food, I hear what sounds like a parade. And I'm like, no. So, like, our front light also controls the lights that are 
like our carriage lights outside and I immediately hit them off and had to like hide from the window that's right in my kitchen that's by the walkway and I'm like sitting there and then I like run to my room that's in the front look out the window and there's a golf cart parade happening during Halloween and that's what I was hiding from yep yep been there <laughs> but it's very much the same vibe is yeah it's like, it is that same vibe <laughs> but i just i love to think that like he couldn't even like risk a single candle because then they would know he was home so he's just like in the dark all the lights are off he's like should i just like go to sleep or like you know do i sit here i can't read what should i <laughs> And he's just like looking and just walking around his gigantic house, which is usually filled with people at this point. And like the loneliness must have really sat in at that point. Oh, my gosh. And so you ask yourself, okay, Gatsby, why didn't you just go somewhere? I know. You didn't have to just sit inside your house. Why didn't you go to Nick's house? Why didn't you go to New York City? Why didn't you like, I don't know. Why don't you do anything besides just sit in the dark? I know, he just, like, walks over to Nick's and... Because, like, Nick is just sitting here watching all these people pull up, look at the house for, like, 30 seconds, and then drive away. And this happens all night. And Nick's just, like, watching it. And he Gatsby doesn't come over. Nick doesn't go over there. Mm. And everyone's, like, confused. And then uh, Nick finds out that Gatsby fired every single one of his servants and replaced them. And Nick's like, oh, he's off the deep end now. Like, he's off his rocker. Yeah, because, you know, there's, there's, with Gatsby, there's no subtlety. He's either all on, every single light is on, and the party is flowing, or every single light is off, and everyone got fired, and they've been replaced with new people who are going to stay quiet. Like, what? And it's like, the funny thing to me, too, is they basically told us that these are all mobsters that he's hired to like be his servants he's like yeah they're all related they ran a hotel that shut down and you don't need to know more than that and nick's like okay oh my god yep pretty much Oof. oof yeah so basically he said he wanted new people that wouldn't gossip because daisy's coming over every afternoon and i'm like how is she getting away with this nick does uh, like tom doesn't work Yeah, I mean, unless Tom's off with his girlfriend. I mean, that's possible. We don't know how often they visit. Like, it has to be fairly often because, you know, they've got a dog now, but. (laughs) Yeah, so unless he's off with his business associates or his mistress or playing some sort of rough sport or, you know, harassing people on horseback. I mean, he, he probably keeps himself pretty busy, but it is interesting that somehow she can just come over every day now. Yeah, literally. Like, what was she doing before? That's my question. She just kind of like sitting there, walking around, calling on their neighbors, chilling. Oh my god! Oh my god! The drama of it all. <laughs> so Daisy asks Nick to come over for lunch tomorrow, and he's like, "Hmm, this seems weird." So him and Gatsby go over there together, uh-huh. and they're sitting there and like. It's really hot, and it's just kind of awkward. And Daisy commands Tom to go make them a drink. And when he leaves the room, she immediately kisses Gatsby on the mouth and 
and says, you know, I love you, which I always hate when people say, you know, I love you because I am just like, either say it or don't say it. Don't imply Mm -hmm. that you already know this fact. Right. It's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. But also it's like, she's being really bold in this Mm -hmm. situation because it, this, that, that action implies that everyone in that room knows what's going on. And -hmm. also everyone in that room is okay. If Tom finds out that everyone in that room knows what's going on. I mean, Um, everyone does, because you got to think Jordan's the one that set them up. mm -hmm. And then Nick also assisted in setting them up. But do they want Tom to question them about their knowledge? No. Or if they've ever seen it happen or whatever in his own home. I know, literally. Does Tom Buchanan seem like the kind of guy that wants to have his wife kissed by a handsome stranger in his own home? Hell no. No. No, they, they're literally making them both accessories at this point. And I'm like, they did not consent to this treatment either. So um, Nick's like, please leave me out of it. And everyone's like, no, Nick, you're coming and you're going to be right smack dab in the middle. Pretty much. How about and, instead of we leave, how about instead of us leaving you out of it, we put you directly in the center of it all. What does that sound instead? And Nick's like, great. Thank you. I love that for me. And Jordan, like, honestly, just seems like she really enjoys the gossip. She's like, yeah, I'll be in the middle of it. That sounds good to me. Jordan just likes to watch the world burn, I think. Mm-hmm. Love that for her, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, then a, Daisy's daughter comes in for a second. She shows her off, and then the nurse takes her away again. And this is the only one single time we see Daisy's daughter. I don't know. I will say when I first read the book, I felt like they were trying to imply somehow that Daisy's daughter was actually Gatsby's daughter as well. Mm-hmm. I was getting um, that vibe too. I got that like the first time that I read the book and I'm still not completely away from that thought. And I think there's definitely some literary, um, some literary studies that would try to call some attention to that. I mean, the timeline that they mention of their time together doesn't necessarily reflect that, but mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, but I do think that was just, I remember reading the first time I read this book being like, that's very interesting. There's well, this child that doesn't look anything like Tom, who's always like, who they never really talk about. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, the thing too, is I also wonder if it's supposed to imply that like, she's not even previously to this, always been faithful to Tom. Like that, Daisy, like Gatsby's not the first situation because I'm pretty sure that Tom was like described as being like dark haired, right? Yeah. Oh, so, very thoroughly described. Yeah. As that. So I thought Daisy was a blonde. There's mm-hmm. no way they could have a blonde child together if he is very dominant, has dark hair. Like that. Yeah, I mean, it's de- it's definitely gives the feeling that she's some for somehow, some way, not Tom's yeah. child biologically. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's just what we're saying, but yeah, I feel like that that vibe is definitely present there. There's there's enough to question, and also they kind of don't. I don't know. She's kind of just another accessory to them, like the dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't she's just there to get dressed up and then taken away by the nanny. I know. Which literature from this period and like prior where that kind of stuff happens just always makes me go, (laughs) even now when rich kids get um raised by their nannies and stuff, it always hurts me a little bit because I'm like, you don't have to have kids. Like Uh sure, 
nannies will give the kids a lot of love, but like that's not going to change the fact that they did not receive that love from their parents. Like that's going to mess them up in their adulthood and they're going to have to go through a lot of therapy for that. Um, so just like, don't have kids. I feel like it's that easy. Well, and in this specific case, it's another one of the, in the column of if Daisy didn't think that that's what you had to do in her Mm -hmm. life. And if she didn't know, I mean, she really knew that that's what she had to do in the circumstances of her world and her life. Um, would she have done that? Yeah, I don't think she would have. I really don't. I think if Daisy was a modern woman, I don't picture that she would have had children. Just definitely, she, definitely not that early. Yeah, yeah. Because like, she probably would have also divorced Tom. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Tom starts trying to act intelligent about global warming, and then like fails horrendously. And like Gatsby just kind of has one of those office moments where he looks directly into the camera and basically is like, "Do you all see what I'm having to like compete with? Like, this is my competition. He's an absolute moron, anyways." Yes. And everyone is, like, super hot. No one's having a good time. And then there's this moment where Tom is looking at Daisy and looking at Gatsby and watching their eyes locked. And he's like, oh, my wife loves Gatsby. You can just tell that from that one infinitesimal glance that that is the case. And he cannot abide. I know. And he, and like, as soon as that happens, I'm like, oh, Tom's going to murder Gatsby. Like that moment, I was like, he's just going to like fist fight him right here. Like that's what's going to happen. And it doesn't. But like, that's what I thought was going to happen. Mm. So Daisy says that Gatsby resembles the advertisement of that man. Oh, the um, TJ Eckelberg. Yeah. The giant oh, like, yes, billboard the, thing. The creepy glasses. Absolutely. I'm like, that's weird. (laughs) Well, also, that creepy glasses picture is, you know, staring over everyone. It's the all-seeing eyes. It's Mm -hmm. that creepy, stalkery feeling. And Daisy's like, oh, it looks like you. Uh, And Gatsby, knowing he's a stalker, he's like, hmm, okay. (laughs) I don't like it, but I'll take it. Yeah, literally. So then they decide to go to town, but then they have like an entire bottle of alcohol for some reason first. So now they're like drinking and driving, which is like a common thing in this book. And then Tom is like, I'm going to take Gatsby's car and Gatsby can take my car. And Tom's like, I'm also going to take Daisy. And Daisy's like, "Mm, no. So Daisy rides with Gatsby and the other car and Tom, Jordan, and Nick are all in Gatsby's car. And immediately, I was like, as a car lover, as a, like, I, not to say I'm a car girl, but, like, my car is my baby. My car's sure. name is Colin. I love Colin. He's very good to me. The imagine, like, imagining someone driving my car that I'm not really friends with. Uh, no. Like. <laughs> I mean, as someone who you didn't give any permission to drive your car, yeah. he's definitely, not only are you not friends with him, you're probably more like active enemies with him. Mm-hmm. And 
he wants, he didn't even ask you. He just asserted that he was going to drive your car. Like what? This is an act of aggression, sir. (laughs) The fact that like Gatsby's just like, I guess, sure. I was like, why are you even saying that's okay? Yeah, I don't even understand why he agrees to it or, 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 but even like, why does Tom want to, other than he thinks he can get Daisy in his car with him? Yeah. That way. I don't get, I don't really get that at all. I think he was like, I don't even know. Like, I think he wanted to show Daisy that he's in control of the situation. And I think it was just like a control thing. Like, that's the only thing I can see. But it's just so strange. Dominance. Toxic masculinity embodied in one single human individual. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I I honestly don't even know. And like the other thing is, did they even need to bring two cars? Because they only said that Tom's car is a coupe. So I'm imagining that Gatsby's got a backseat. You know, they didn't specify that Gatsby drives a coupe. So I'm like, was it a coupe? Like, why didn't they all take one car? Yeah, it's one of those one of those questions. And again, go back to everyone here's drunk. Yeah. And emotions are running high. And now let's not only drive one car, but two into the city where there's going to be more traffic. What? Nobody is critically thinking in this story. I know, literally. And like, there's a lot of public transportation that's easily accessible. And they're like, no, not us. We're rich. We don't have any consequences. Yeah. Which is evidence because Nick talks about how he takes a train. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So they go to get gas because basically to try and get them out of taking Gatsby's car, Gatsby's like, I need gas. Like, you're not going to make it to the city. And Tom's like, We're taking your car anyways. And Gatsby's like, Okay, sure. So they get gas, and Wilson comes out because apparently not only does he own car repair, but he also owns the gas station hooked to the car repair shop. Uh-huh. And Wilson has figured out that Myrtle is cheating on him and has, you know, is now going to take his wife out West. And Tom's like, what do you mean you're taking your wife out West? And he's like, well, she's been saying she wanted to go out West for like 10 years and now she's going whether she wants to or not. So like Tom's life is crumbling at this point because now not only is he realizing his life, his wife is in love with another, but his mistress is leaving. So he's like, what am I going to do? So now they're all in a suite for some reason that they like rented because they thought it would cool them down to be in the city, which also doesn't have air conditioning. (laughs) It also makes absolutely no sense because it's probably hotter there because of all the buildings and the asphalt Mm. and everything. But I guess if you're going to sweat, you better look fancy while you sweat or something. I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So they open all the windows they're trying to, like, take refuge from the heat. And, like, Daisy keeps yelling at them to open windows. And they're, like, they're all open. She goes, then get me a sledgehammer. And I'm, like, Daisy, <laughs> dramatic. Okay. <laughs> and now Tom is trying to question Gatsby about going to Oxford. And Gatsby said he only went for five months. And then Tom is, like, what trying to row are you trying to get me into Gatsby? And Gatsby's, like, what are you talking about? And... He says that he's not going to sit 
back and let Mr. Nobody make love to his wife. And then he also compares it to interracial marriage. Oh my and I was gosh. Like, just rubbing it in that like Tom, uh, Tom is a racist and a terrible human and not a great individual. Even more. 100%. So Gatsby, kind of taken aback by this, makes the entire fight worse by telling Tom that Daisy never even loved him, not once. And Tom's like, hmm, hmm, I don't know about that. Well, it's all of these men saying what Daisy thinks. Daisy mm-hmm. thinks this. Daisy says that. Like, not one of these people lets Daisy talk. And even when they do, then then they've, like, basically both browbeaten her into responding the way that they want her to respond. Yeah. They, they don't even give her the opportunity to say how she actually feels. They just decide. And mm-hmm. they start this little pissing match between the two of them about, like, who knew her better and who loved her better. Meanwhile, Jordan and Nick are just standing there. Like what is happening right now in our life? How did we, how did we get here? Dear reader. I know Um, literally I'm imagining that like Jordan and Nick at this point have just like cracked open a bottle and they're watching like these, this couple's lives fall apart in front of them. And then they're like, anytime that Gatsby says Daisy, take a shot. And Jordan's like, also take a shot when Tom says Daisy. And now they're like absolutely belligerent is what's going on in my head because they Mm -hmm. don't say anything about Jordan or Nick the entire time. Mm -hmm. And like, what else is there to do? So Yeah, as you said, they're putting words into Daisy's mouth. And they made... Gatsby made Daisy say that she never loved him. And then she turns to Gatsby and says that there was a time when she loved Tom, but she loves Gatsby too. She loves Gatsby now. And then they're like... Gatsby's like, Daisy's leaving you. And Daisy's like, yeah. And I was like, woo, let's go. Like, maybe this will turn around, you know? But she seems like she doesn't really believe that because the yeah. she, it says like the tone in her voice somehow implied that she wasn't 100% about what she was saying. Yeah. Um, and it's just, I, I just keep getting this feeling of her being in that situation and thinking like, you know, maybe I wanted to make a decision, but now that you're forcing me to make this decision, I'm not sure what decision I want to make. And, you know, putting her in a really awkward position because it's like Gatsby only wants to hear that he is the only person she has ever loved. She has never loved Tom period. He will not take any shade of not that as a successful answer. Like he, he has failed if she does not say that, Mm -hmm. even if what she says is that she loves him now and only him, he doesn't care about that. He wants to hear that basically Absolutely at no point in her life did she ever have any feelings of love, not even for one second with Tom Buchanan. She can't yeah. say that. So that like flips him out. But then Tom uses that as leverage, like, ha, 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 told you. And it just, it's just so ugly and it's so stupid. And you really get the feeling like, had they not just, just had it not been like the hottest day and mm-hmm. people's emotions were already running and people were intoxicated, would this have come out? Probably I, not. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think that Daisy probably could have lived another 20 years across the pond from Gatsby, seeing him at lunch every day and not telling anyone and just drawing it on like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they they forced the hand. Yeah. 
But I also think Gatsby would have never been satisfied until he had Daisy solely for himself. Oh, yeah, of course. 100%. 100%. So I feel like this was like, it was coming. It probably wouldn't have happened this day, but it would have happened eventually, you know? Because Gatsby can't keep his mouth shut. Well, he also, like, but again, like, he doesn't just want her just for himself now. He wants to rewrite the past, which is yeah. when Nick says, you can't rewrite the past. He's like, what do you mean you can't rewrite the past? Yeah. So he wants to erase every single piece of her life that has happened between the day that he left her on the porch until now. And that's mm-hmm. just like, it's just not going to happen. It just can't happen. Yeah. Uh, and so even if he ever got her, he's not going to be able to have that satisfaction and tom has made sure of that in yeah. this moment just gatsby doesn't like growth either and that's just kind of ugly to me because uh-huh. he's like she's not allowed to change she has to stay this small and petite thing that he can craft into whatever person he wants her to be yeah. it's just yeah. it's not a good look and then Tom comes out and says that he knows that Gatsby got his money by selling grain alcohol illegally. And Gatsby tries to defend his name, but the more he talks, the more Daisy shrinks in on herself. And then I was like, oh, Tom just won. Exactly. He's like, yeah. yeah. I know. I was just, uh So then Tom tells Gatsby to take Daisy home and the two left. And he literally turns to Nick and is like, I know he's not going to do anything now. Like, he lost. And I was like, oh. So, Nick, and it's like the end of the day, he just realizes that it's his birthday and he turned 30 today. And I was like, poor Nick. Like, has absolutely nothing. I know. He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, guys, it's my birthday. I know, he just had this horrible day in which everyone fighting and his friends are, like, tearing each other apart. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's my birthday, by the way. Fun fact. No one got him anything. <laughs> um, and then we find out that Wilson has locked Myrtle in their apartment so she couldn't leave him. Ugh. I was like, okay, like, I no longer feel bad for Wilson being, like, the unsuspecting husband. But, like, whoa, dude, like... You good or? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Wilson has flipped a switch for sure, for sure. Something broke apart inside of Wilson and he has lost it. Yeah. And it's been um, that mental illness, if you will, is being um, shown in his physical illness. That's sort of a, a literary trope that's yeah. being expressed here. So yeah. we see that his mental deterioration is coming at the same time as his physical deterioration, which is being caused by this really stressful situation with his wife. Yeah, he's like throwing up in his like, he won't even go home from work. He's still at work in the downstairs. So everyone could see him and he's like throwing up in his office and everything. And it's bad. So Myrtle <laughs> somehow escapes and then got hit by a car after she ran into the street because she was fighting with her husband. And that's all we know in that second, but... Yeah. Then Tom, Jordan, and Nick come up on the scene. There's, like, cops there. There's a bunch of people there. And, like, Tom's like, this is weird. What's going on? Because he was going to go sell his car to um, Wilson on the way out of the city. Which I was like, that's weird. Like, why are we going to do that? And then make everyone walk home. 
I don't think he was really going to do that. I think he just makes it sound like that's what he was oh. going to do because he wants an excuse to talk to Wilson and find out what happened. Oh, okay. um, because like it's it it's pretty clear that he knows that it was her. That's he knows that she got hit by the car, and now he's like, "What the hell? Yeah, what car hit? What car hit her? When? Whatever." But like he doesn't have a way to ask those questions unless it's under the subterfuge of, oh yeah, I was totally going to stop back by here and sell you my car because he doesn't have a connection with these people. These Mm -hmm. people are outside his social sphere. This is not in his town. It's not like this is a neighbor, you know? Mm -hmm. So he has to make the conscious decision to stop his car and then start asking questions from this dude as if he knows him. So like selling this car to him is just the it's the frame story, if you will, of why he came by again and why he keeps coming by all these times. It makes sense. Cause yeah, he's going to sell his car right now. Yeah. How are they going to get home? Yeah. I was like, that's weird. Come on. That's strange. And Tom is like absolutely distraught. He's like crying his eyes out. And immediately that was like, did Daisy or Gatsby hit her? Like I immediately, as soon as we saw this, I was like, Hmm. Uh-huh. Seems a little suspicious. Because, like, it's, you know, perfect. It's, like, the perfect ending. Um, so another man tells a police officer that it's a, it was a yellow car. And I was like, it's probably Gatsby then. And they said, uh, I think this is a moment where they say that she looked like she was running out to talk to someone. And before this, because, you know... Um, it was Tom driving Gatsby's car. Exactly. She saw them, so she thinks that this is Tom's car. Exactly. And so. it really asks you, like, it begs you some questions of if she had seen Tom's car before, or maybe she just assumed he had multiple cars, but all she knows is that she did just now in this period of distress see him in this car because Nick even makes a point to say that you could tell when she looked out the window that she must have assumed that Jordan was Tom's wife because she's yeah. never met Daisy before. Yeah. And but she has met Nick. So she's thinking like the two of these together. I don't know. I also think what did she think was going to happen when she ran towards a speeding car? Even if it was Tom, like he can't slow down that quickly. She ran out in front of this car. Like we'll get yeah. there. Okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> We will get there. Yes, we will get there. So Nick is literally, they get back home and he's tired of every single one of them. He's like, I want nothing to do with these people anymore. I want to go home. I want to go to bed. And like, they didn't drop him off either. And he lives on the other side of Long Island. And they basically, as soon as they get home, they're like, oh yeah, we probably should have dropped you off. You want us to call you a cab? And Nick's like, yeah, just, just call me a cab, I guess. That's fine. And... So they're like, do you want to come inside while you wait? And Nick's like, no, no, I don't. And Jordan tries to talk to him and he's like, I really just want to go home. Like, don't talk to me. I just want to be by myself. And she like gets mad and goes inside. So he's all alone and waiting outside. And Gatsby calls to him from the bushes like a creeper. Like, hey, dude, I'm over here. Shh, shh. Yeah. Hey, 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 I'm here. Look at me. And he's like... Uh, Nick's like, what, what are we doing? What are you doing? And he's like, well, you know, watching uh, the windows and <laughs> just staring at my girlfriend's house. No big deal. Yeah, no big deal. And so he says, yeah, Daisy was driving 
Um, we hit her. That happened. And uh, I took back roads home. No one's going to know, I don't think. We'll be fine. And <laughs> Nick's like, uh, okay. Great, I guess. So no one's going to know because you're not going to tell them, but also you're going to hide in the bushes? Like, that's that's great. That's a great plan. For yeah. sure. You should do that, said no one ever. Literally. He's like, okay. And then Gatsby's like, we have a code. So if she turns off her light and then immediately turns it back on again, like she's in a fight with her husband and I have to come up there. And Nick's like, okay, dude, like, let me go look. And so he creeps around, goes out, goes up to the back of the house, looks in the windows and is like, sees that Daisy and Tom are talking and like they're holding hands and they're like being lovey dovey. And Nick's like, oh, <laughs> I guess they're not going to fight. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, Nick's like, you should probably just go home. And Gatsby's like, no. And so Nick's like, okay, well, I'm going to go home then. Uh, Gatsby's like, okay, sounds good. And then, like, Nick leaves. Yeah, just that whole scene is just really, really strange. You're imagining this, like, multi-millionaire guy just standing in a bush, Mm -hmm. staring at the house of this woman that he can never have. And it's just really, really sad and you know, creepy, but just super sad, super sad yeah. that he's in that situation. Yeah. And... <sighs> Gatsby. So that's all we are going to talk about this time. Next time we'll finish up the book, do some overall things and discuss it further. But thank you so much, Jessica, for joining me and talking about this with me and going on this wild ride with me. <laughs> it was my pleasure, Rachel. It's always good to, uh, to not be just standing in the bush watching, but actually be involved in the process of the story. So be the reader's friend. Yes. <laughs> Happy to be here as the reader's friend until next time. Do you have anything you want to talk about promote? Oh, um, no, nothing. Just, you know, everything I said in the last episode stands support your local library, ask questions. Um, don't assume things. <laughs> We're here for you. Um, and, you know, always know that it's okay to ask questions about classic literature. Even though something says it's a classic or someone says it's a classic doesn't mean that it's the end all be all perfect piece of work. And it's okay if you don't like them. It's okay if you don't understand them. Um, just give it a shot if you feel like you're up to it. Yeah, and deep dive on JSTOR when you have questions about the difference between Oxford and Augsford. <laughs> yes, yes, Augsford. Still mad at that, but it's fine. We will catch you all, our dear listeners, in the very next episode. Bye. Bye. Thank you all so much for checking out this episode of The Great Gatsby. I really hope you guys are enjoying it. I say that every time, but I really hope you guys, like, let me know what books you want me to read in the future, because I have a couple scheduled up um, that I've planned out, but I am starting to look towards, like, fall, um, you know, winter kind of books. So if you have any recommendations of what you'd like me to read in that time period, let me know. Um, because it's kind of open right now. I don't, I have one book I'm thinking about reading, 
But besides that, everything's basically open. So tell me what your fall classic is that you always turn to. As we kind of mentioned at the beginning, we're going to try mood reading. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll get in the mood for fall and summer if I end up reading it early, which I probably will. Or, you know, maybe I'm going to suddenly have an itch to, like, go to an apple orchard. I was going to say pumpkin patch, but I like apples better. I'm not a big pumpkin patch person. I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually been to a pumpkin patch. Anyways, that doesn't matter. It's summer. Why am I talking about pumpkin patches? I hope you guys enjoy this episode. The next round of Great Gatsby recordings will again, you know, come out next Wednesday. We'll be continuing on from where we left off. We will also be covering the Leonardo DiCaprio movie. So it's the 2013 Leonardo DiCaprio movie. That'll be at the end of the book coverage as we usually do. And yeah, that's all I really got for you guys. Thank you all so much for joining me. I can't wait to see you guys in the next one. Our logo was designed by my little sibling, Sarah. Our theme song is by Raphael Crux on freepd.com. And that's all I've got. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Bye!